Thanks for listening to Hanging With The Sultanas Podcast Good Mama and Dada This is the Gracias, Ariela. Familia, be ready to be inspired by today's guest, una Latina inmigrante de Jalisco, México. Who, like many of you, has had to overcome many barriers to be able to enjoy her blessings. Find out how she overcame the challenges of being una inmigrante, a single mom, Oof. to now becoming the CEO of her own company and a community leader in Orange County, Califas. Yay. Her amazing story, coming up next. When you're a Delta Sky Miles Reserve American Express card member, your favorite meal in another city is just an online booking away. Así que conocerás dónde se consigue el mejor pan dulce to have with your morning cafecito in L.A. Where's the best pupusería in the Bay? ¿Y dónde encontrar la salsa verde más rica en San Antonio? Because you're the travel foodie. The Delta Sky Miles Reserve American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know reserve. Before we continue, I'd like to thank God for giving us another opportunity to hang out with you. My name is Edgar Sotelo, a.k.a. Shaboy. Hola. And this is my beautiful <laughs> wife, Janet. Hola, hola. And our guest, Maria Gomez. What's up, Maria? Hola, Maria. Hola, buenas tardes. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for hanging out with Los Sotelos. My pleasure. Maria, we're so grateful to have you on. And before we get into your inspirational story, <laughs> this is how Maria and I know each other. Okay. We actually went to the same elementary school. Wow. In Santana, California, which is Garfield Elementary. Garfield Elementary School. Yes. Is it still there? The <laughs> Gators, the Alligators. Yeah, but... yes. It's a lot better than how we went to it. We went to it when it was just Bungalows. barely opened up. It was Ooh. like, yeah, era puro salón como, como se llama? Like, like portables. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like portables. Wow. We had no grass. It was just concrete. You know, que otro, like swing. You know what I'm saying? Like a tether ball. Oh. That's all I remember. Fast forward many years after elementary school. Babe, you went to this event with me. It was an event for the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce for Orange County. Yeah. And I was hosting the event and they were honoring Albert Pujols, the great baseball player. That's and right. his wife, mm -hmm. right? They do mm -hmm. amazing community work. And as I was there, that's where I reconnected con Maria and it was like the loudest table on the right <laughs> I corner. Remember. <laughs> and I remember. I was like, sitting with your family. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, estas vinieron a tirar party han de ser de Santana, California. Y sí. Y sí. Y aparte de Jalisco, más aparte. Mi paisana. Maria, what do you remember from our elementary school? Because we have a similar story in the sense that we were both immigrants and we landed yeah. here in Santana, California. Yes. And Garfield Elementary was one of our first elementary schools we ever went to. Yes. So, God, those are those were good memories. You know, it's just growing up in Santa Ana. I actually lived on Garfield Street 
you know, so it, it was probably like about four or five blocks down. I walked, you know, with me and my brothers, my younger brothers. Those were interesting years, you know, that elementary just had bungalows. There was really, like you said, there was really no playground. It was just something Sad. that I felt like we were thrown in there because all the other schools were already packed. Yep. Um, and at that time, like many uh, women could relate to this, right? That have younger siblings. Como que esa responsabilidad while your parents are out working and hustling, mm -hmm. you kind of got to take over the household, taking yep. care of your siblings. What was that like? And at what age do you remember kind of having that responsibility on you? I'm one out of five children, right? And we all lived in one small bedroom apartment. I think it was a studio how we all started, right? Are you My the oldest? Was, I'm the second to the oldest. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I have an older brother and the difference age is he's a year older than me. So we were all little. My my mom, you know, I don't know if you if you guys walked into Santa Ana, but you've seen those ladies with the little baby strollers and they have four or five kids. That was my mom. <laughs> she had the limousine stroller. <laughs> she had a double limousine stroller, right? Uh -huh. And um, she, she, we would walk everywhere. My father didn't own a vehicle. So yeah, I was a second to the oldest and, you know, I, I watched over my little brothers and obviously my little sister um, as we were growing up. So, you know, I had to walk with them, you know, to school, elementary, you know, and God, now I think about it, I wouldn't even let my kids walk and they're in high school, you know, and <laughs> Oh, wow. God, especially not in Santa Ana. And I'm going to tell you a crazy story. You know, I remember walking. I was a fifth grader and I walked with my younger brother and I walked with another child that my mom used to babysit from the same apartment complex. Right. Wow. And I remember we were walking down two blocks down. There was a homeless and this homeless tried to grab me <gasps> and I scream out of my lungs out. Right. I scream, yelling, screaming. I, I just yeah. ran back home. My brother was so shocked that he was still standing there when we went go back to look for him. You know, the impact that it made him, like he was in shock. Right. And my mom goes, okay, now you can go back to school. And I'm like, mom, did you just not notice that this probably homeless guy tried to kidnap me, try to, you know what I mean? And, yeah. then, and it was like scary, but yet my mom was never showed that, you know, you can't be scared. You still got to go. Right. Wow. So I still walked to school. She still made me go to school no matter that, that moment. What a huge lesson for the mom to just be like, you're strong. You got this. Just keep going. You, yeah. Just got that nothing happened. It was okay. It was just scared. Just you have to go to school. And we never missed school. You know, it was still the next day I got to do it yeah. again. But that for me, I don't think my mom realized that it was a really big impact for me because after that I wasn't able to go by myself anywhere. Really, like I needed my mom to just like, hey, you know, can you go with me in the store? If my mom goes, oh, go, go bring that. I'm like, no, can you go with me? I just right. always felt like something's going to happen. And during that era, I don't know if you remember, Edgar, you know, there was a lot of girls that were missing in our age, mm. fifth graders that were kidnapped. Mm. And some of them were found in rivers or, or whatnot. So all that, you know, kept on my mind. Y no es para menos. O sea, that is yeah. a traumatizing event. And it's wild that the things that, you know, you have to go through sometimes because we don't come up in the most ideal situations, right? Mm -hmm. But in those situations, it's like you have this life lesson now, right, Maria, that I think is what led you to your success now as a como una right. profesional y como una madre soltera to have your own company and to be your own, the CEO of your company. Yeah. Being a woman in business, that alone has its own barriers, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. But then you add that layer of being a Latina, you add the next layer of being an immigrante, mm -hmm. and it's just exponential. And I believe our upbringing of having to look out for ourselves sometimes and be leaders and care for others 
and deal with stuff that you're not supposed to deal with until you're an adult. But yeah. as an immigrant, you deal as a kid prepares you for success. Mm-hmm. It really does. Right. My, my father, obviously, you know, he crossed the border. I don't know how many times and he was deported. He was in jail, did it again. By all means, I always thank my father for taking that risk, right? For bringing his family, wow. you know, cause I was born in Mexico and then my, my older brother was too. So he didn't just bring, you know, my mother, it was two little ones, you know, that, you know, he thought of us and brought us over. But I think for us is it's, it's the Latino, it's the, we, we can't complain, right? We can't, Oh, you, you know, complain because this is hard. It was like my parents showed us like, you got to go, you got to do it. It doesn't matter whether we had, we didn't have a vehicle to transport. We took the bus everywhere. We walked everywhere. But with that, obviously those are traits that you carry on and, and you feel always like I need to be hungry all the time. You know, I want right. success. And growing up being five kids, we didn't get everything we wanted, you know. As I mentioned before, it's like I used to have, my parents would hand me down my brother's pants and I would wear high waters. I would be made up at at school. But those are things that made me hungry to this point where like, I want more. This country that my dad came to has a lot to offer. You know, you do face those challenges of being a Latina, being a woman, you know, and being an immigrant or even your parents being immigrant. And, you know, it has its challenges. Absolutely. You know, Maria, what's so ironic and so beautiful about your story is that here you are as a young girl, you know, helping raise your family, living in a studio apartment with a family of total of seven. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to now being in your early 40s, like myself, and now you're the CEO and president of Orange County Escrow Services that helps people buy mansions i got goosebumps Felicidades. from a studio apartment to now Mm -hmm. facilitating these amazing homes from all levels right for all walks of life in orange county coming up next we want to hear how did you dive into that and what (laughs) barriers did you have to break through to become the president of orange county escrow services because many of our listeners may want to get into real estate but it's not just about selling or providing mortgages you can also do Title and escrow. There's so many other areas. Mm-hmm. Todos los detalles a continuación. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Maria, getting into your adult life, if you can, just give us a little synopsis of how is it that you become a single mother and at what point of your career did that happen? before becoming the CEO president of Orange County Escrow Services and, and owning your own business. Take us through that. Platicanos y tú, ¿quién eres? Y tú, ¿quién eres? No, you know what? Everything has its challenges. You know, I, you know, at a young age, obviously I became a mom. Uh, I got pregnant in high school. Um, I was 17 when I got pregnant in my senior year. Not only did I get pregnant, it was twins. Ooh. And so that was the challenging part, right? So, <laughs> 
it wasn't just like, okay, you're pregnant, 17, you know, I was still going to school. And mind you, I still walked to school. So even there from those little apartments, I still walked an hour to go to school, an hour back. I was pregnant in my senior year, um, had my daughters during the summer. I, I have twin daughters that are identical. Oh, wow. Awesome. And so that was, yeah, that was a challenging because, you know, I separated from the dad when they were three years old. So I ended up getting a job at a credit union and I started as a teller and I moved up from being a teller down to the next level member service. And then from there, you know, did auto loans and, you know, we got a little slow and the manager at that point told me, Hey, you need to help someone at the mortgage department. And I was like, no, not really. Like I have no idea what a mortgage (laughs) is for me. I was already scared because my father had that mortgage kind of word like scared, like it's, it's a lot. It's, it's not for me. You what know is what I a mean? mortgage for somebody listening and doesn't know? A mortgage. So when you buy a home, you have a loan, you, you have a lender that lets you borrow money to purchase your, your home. Mm-hmm. And so that's called a mortgage, mortgage loan. Yeah. Um, there in, in every bank, you have a mortgage department, right? So I was the one that was helping the mortgage department to service those mortgages that the credit union was buying or um, people were buying their home loans and they would inquire it through the credit union. So I learned the mortgage business through the credit union and the credit union was the, was my one of my best jobs, but it wasn't paying me enough. And I was doing a lot of the work and I was still a single mom of twins. So I had those challenges where I had to just take my kids to the boys, my girls to the boys and girls club and then lunchtime and then pick them up at a certain time. And here we go again, redo, right? Because I worked so hard, I moved up in the world. Um, Suddenly somebody offered me a position for countrywide for an underwriting job. And they told me they would pay me double. You know, I'm here thinking, do I take it? I'm scared because what if it doesn't work? I've been at the credit union for five years. They've been good to me. Um, I had to think about my daughters and I had to think about, you know, those moments and those times that I worked hard and the hours that I put. And I said, if I don't risk it, I will never know if it's going to be for me. And so I took that risk and I took that job as an underwriter for Countrywide. And yeah, they, they paid me very good. And at the age of 22, I bought my first home. Wow, that's amazing. As you, a single mom. You know, Maria, first of all, congratulations. That is huge. Uh, second, it reminds me of an illustration, it, what you said, right? Like, no, but I got the secure job at the credit union. Mm-hmm. I know it. Security blanket. Yeah, Like, I'm safe. good, you know? Why am I going to risk? And mm-hmm. the illustration that, that came to mind is like of a squirrel, right? that finds a nut inside the tree and they have it. And, but later they look to their left and on the ground, there might be like six nuts. Right. But because they don't want to let go of that one nut that's in that one tree because their hand is a fist and they can't get it out. You know what I'm saying? So they're, they're so afraid of letting that go to be able to go get the others, even though it's more, but they're afraid to let go of what they already have. Mm. And it's not until that squirrel releases that one nut that the fist is unlocked and they can take their hand out of the tree trunk to be able to go get those five or six nuts. Does that make sense? Todo eso pensaste ahorita? Sí, todo eso. I love your squirrel. That was cute. I I guess I'm a a little nuts. (laughs) Sometimes. 
Did that even make sense? Totally made sense, babe. I was just making totally fun of you. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. But anyways, it, it made sense. Yeah, but she let you. go. She was that squirrel that let go and yeah. got more. Yeah, and you know what? The credit union would scare me because when I went in to give my two-week notice, and as I always say, you always want to leave with a good impression mm-hmm. because you just never know. So I gave my two-week notice and they tell me, well, you know, the mortgage you know, industry is not going to be there all the time. It always has these roller coasters. Yep. You might not have a job tomorrow. And I don't think that's a decision that you should be making. And mm-hmm. even though they put that on me, I said, I'm still thinking about the pay. The pay is going to take me to buy my first home, to have my daughters live in their own, you know, have their own room. Mm. And so that was in my mind because there I go again thinking, look, we were five kids. My dad didn't take the risk. But if my father had taken that risk mm. of buying a home and sacrificing, we probably would have been in, a, in a, an actual home. My father would have been a homeowner. So I didn't let that scare me, you know, yeah. and I said, you know what? If I don't risk it, I'm not going to know for myself and I cannot live with regrets. So I did it. And um, yeah, I bought myself a home going through obviously adulthood. um, Subprime came and I lost it all. What? So I was underwriting for a big company and uh, I was one of their top underwriters. And we were part of, you know, that subprime, they call it years that they were lending people money for stated income, those right. they would get a first and second mortgage. They wouldn't verify their income. Those were crazy years. Giving mm-hmm. out loans like if they were tortillas for everybody. Yeah, you get a loan. You get a loan, you know? <laughs> you get a loan. Tortilla with mayonesa. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. It's terrible. So yeah. I lost it all. And at that moment, I had just remarried and I was pregnant. And I was like, what am I going to do? You know, who we were working with, they're like, don't worry about it. We're going to be fine. And I'm here at the AmeriQuest building, right? We're on like the ninth floor. And as we're all looking through the windows, everybody's coming out with boxes because the whole building was mortgage, you know, businesses, right? So we kept on seeing these people coming out with boxes. And I'm like, oh, it's a matter of time and we're going to be next. And even though they kept on telling us, no, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. It's, you know, the market's going to shift. You're going to be fine. Next thing you know, we walk in there and be like, hey, sorry, you guys cannot work. Just get your stuff. And here's your last paycheck. And what do you do there? I'm like, are you kidding me? I had just bought my house, had another, you know, investment home. And I'm here pregnant. And I didn't know what to do. I, at that moment, to tell you, I went through a domestic violence um, relationship. Mm, so sorry to hear. So that didn't that didn't help my situation. I felt like mm. a failure because here I am, like got into it with the wrong person. Um, I lost my job. I'm losing my house. Went into foreclosure. Wow. What do I do? I I literally felt like a failure to my daughters. Like all this hard work and it was just taken away from me. And what do I do? And so I decided to go back to the credit union. Mm. Your first home. And my first home and I applied to be a loan officer there. I was pregnant. I literally had to hide that I was pregnant because I literally felt that they weren't not going to hire me if they saw me pregnant. Wow. Mm. Wow. Mira, look, una mujer guerrera, like she was like, I'll do anything just to keep working. At that moment when you lose your house and they post that little, you know, foreclosure and they're taking your cars and, and you see my two little girls were only 10 years old. And I'm pregnant. It's it's always survival mode for me, right? It's always trying to survive. The credit union gave me a job. I worked there and I did good. And then I wanted more. So I left and I started working for another mortgage company. 
And how it got me into the escrow business was that all the mortgage loan officer account executive sales, I felt like there was too many people doing the same thing and trying to sell it. Then I kind of searched into the escrow business and they didn't have sales reps in Santa Ana, Orange County that I knew of. So I thought if I can do es- sell escrows and get a percentage of it, then I can make more money than doing a loan. Right. And so then I did talk to a gentleman and I said, I'll be the sales rep. I know so many people in the industry that I've worked for. And I started networking. I started networking enough to where I decided to open up my own business. I saved money again. From there, I was able to open up my own Orange County escrow. Wow. And for Mm -hmm. those that may not know what escrow does in the process of somebody getting a mortgage, can you explain, please? What escrow is, is a, it's a neutral party to a transaction, to a real estate transaction. So if you're buying a home or if you're selling a home, you need escrow to be the middle person to review all your legal documentation, which is your residential purchase contract between the buyer and the seller. You do have agents, but those agents are the ones who generate the contract and I am the middle person. It's kind of like an attorney. I have to review both parties and make sure that I'm neutral to the buyer and I'm neutral to the seller. So I control the money. So when you are buying a house and they tell you, Hey, we're going to open escrow and you have to put in your funds into escrow. I'm the person that takes your escrow because I'm a neutral party to both transactions to where your money is going to be safe and it's going to be dispersed properly at the end of the transaction. Like your down payment and stuff like that. It's held at escrow while everything goes down. Right. Very well explained. Thank you so much Mm -hmm. for the knowledge. I, yes. would, I would hope so. She's like the yeah. CEO of the company. She's like, actually, let me get somebody else to explain. But you know why she didn't give big words? It was easy to explain. You know, it was great. It can yeah. get complicated. Yeah. yeah, seriously. You know? So, yes. so you saw an opportunity. You said not many people are doing this. Mm-hmm. I can provide that service. I know I got the hustle. And I mm-hmm. made the network. So here I am taking another leap of faith, mm-hmm. leaving something that's good to become great. Correct. I honestly didn't think it was going to be this great. You know, I just went with an idea and I went along with it Mm -hmm. and I poured my heart out. That's amazing. I poured my heart out. I'm going to tell you, I sold whatever stuff I had, my rings, my purse, everything I sold in order for me to just put everything into the business. And there was days that, you know, we were eating dollar McDonald's dollar menu, you know, because I firmly believed in it. And I always said, God, if it's not for me, then I'm okay to walk away. And lesson learned, at least I tried it. Maria, how did you fall in love with something that you were not aware of what you were going into? You know, helping people, helping the community, because one of the things a lot of people ask me is why Santa Ana? Why Orange County? I like helping my people. I like to educate my clients. And I think I fell in love with the fact that one of the things is my father never owned a home. And I always always wanted to understand why he didn't. And the reason why is because he was misinformed by others, right? Mm. Giving that information to people who want to buy and how you are able to help them or connect them to the right people to help them reach that American dream is important for me because I see them in the eyes of my father. I want them to know that they're getting the right information and I'm connecting them with the right people so that they are able to buy their first home. Because I feel like my father didn't get that opportunity. All he got was negative 
kind of information where it scared him even more yeah. not to buy a home. So now you get to be that help or that guardian angel for people that you wish your dad would have had mm-hmm. back when mm-hmm. you were a little girl. And yes. that could guide him and help him out. That was a great question, babe. And it's interesting to find out what is the why behind people, right? And mm-hmm. for you, it's helping and educating our community. And how many years have you been the president of your company now and owned it? Um, five years. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's beautiful. So this is all fairly recent, Maria. This turnaround fairly for you. Fairly recent, yes. Oh, so you're seeing the fruits recent. of what you were planting. Oye, una pregunta. I'm just so intrigued by your story and many women might be listening to this and you had so many reasons not to keep going, you know, domestic abuse, pregnant at a young age and look where you're at right now. Like what advice would you give that person that might be listening to you and saying like, wow, she did it. I can do it too. And maybe he's going through a moment right now where they feel that they're losing it all. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one advice is never give up. And never give up. You're going to have more failures that you're going to have more success and learn from every failure that you do have, because it's better to have failure and you better yourself, but never give up on your dreams and what your goal is and, and, and just keep on going. You're going to have obstacles. You're going to have people who don't believe in you. You're going to have people and it's always believing in yourself and it's, it's self-talk that you can do it. Yes, I can do it. Yes, I can do it. There's moments that I would be like, I want to give up. Like I'm just tired you know, and, and it's always working and hustling, you're going to enjoy the fruit of your labor. But along that journey, you're going to have failures, but it's always just get up and do it again. Fix your crown and let's do it. Even for young Latinas, right? I um, love that. Fix the crown. <laughs> fix the going. crown and let's do it yes. and keep on going because you know what? The you, hard work does pay. You just have to put in the hard work and not everything's going to go your way, but learning how to get up and learning why certain things didn't work for you, try it a different way, but never give up. Because once you give up, it's always like, oh, that's it. You know, you stop there and then you'll you'll start having those regrets. The would have, could have, wish don't exist at one point. Mm-hmm. So now I tell my kids or anybody that I affiliate with, it's like, I'd rather tell a story than tell a regret. It's a good one. And anytime we have loss, it's also a lesson learned. And you can tell that at every step, of your journey, Maria, when you took, you know, steps forward and then for whatever reason, life te daba un golpe and you took a step back, it was always a step back to come back even stronger. You know how sometimes, I got another illustration. Oh, okay. You know how sometimes <laughs> you may want to jump over, I don't know, a gap or maybe a little creek of water or something like that. And if you stand right at the edge and you try to jump, you're not going to make it. You mm-hmm. need to take a couple steps back to get a running sprint going so you can jump further and i feel like that's what you were doing in these processes aunque no lo sabías tal vez when it was happening but those steps back were just to propel you for you to get a running start and be able to jump even further than what you were going to be able to jump if you wouldn't have taken those steps back you know yeah yeah so and this is awesome that she's doing like CEO of her own company. She could have just stayed as a teller. She could be there for years. For working for another company. Uh-huh. Yeah. But right now, she's giving her daughters the whole world. Like, this is what right. you got to do and beyond. Like, they can do, they have to be CEOs or more. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is a thing with, I tell my kids, you know, and, and all these failures in my mind is I can fail my kids. And I cannot see them fail and see me fail. And for me, is if they see me as a strong Latina woman for my daughters, I know that they can can be just as me or even better, yeah. right? 
Um, I do have, my daughters now are 25 years old. I'm a grandma or we call it a glamma. Glamma. <laughs> I'm a glamma and I do have two little boys. Uh, one's 14 and the other one's 11. So my daughters already have a life of their own. One of them signed a record deal with her husband. They do music. Um, awesome. They've done a, a couple of songs for J-Lo and another one for Selena Gomez. So th- they're successful. And my daughter is the one that manages everything. And I can see me in her when she negotiates contracts or she talks to musicians or to producers or for attorneys and you know and a lot of times they ask her oh my god you know a lot like how do you how did where did you go to school or how did you learn this and she goes my mom i got it from my mom (laughs) got it from my mom and and that that for me is you know that's my compensation of the hard work that's when you know like even when you go back to when you're a little girl right that's when you know that your parents sacrifice to bring you here the time your dad spent in jail for immigrating without documents, that sacrifice is not in vain. It was all exactly. worth something. And now yeah. your sacrifice wasn't in vain. Generationally, your daughters are now benefiting from your sacrificio and your hard work. And mm-hmm. what a blessing it is, no? I have this right. saying that nuestros mm-hmm. padres emigraron para sobrevivir. Now nosotros tenemos que sobresalir. Like our parents okay. immigrated to be able to just survive, right? Yeah. right. But now we have to thrive. Mm-hmm. If our kids stand on our shoulders, man, and we keep doing that generation tras generation, we're going to go really high as Latinos. We're going to reach new heights, but Mm -hmm. we also have to have a stable foundation in God, in our faith, and especially Mm -hmm. for you, Maria, and I'm so proud of you for this as well, that you didn't stay in that abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. No. You also showed your daughters there how to stand up for yourself y que un hombre te tiene que respetar en una relación Mm -hmm and how a woman should be treated. So not only in business, but also in a relationship, which is even more important. And with kids, yeah. she could have stayed there again. Like, yeah. I'm just like blown away. Your story is so amazing. And I'm just, yeah, and you I'm know, so and when proud you're of an you. Abusive, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. When you're in a very abusive relationship, um, their job is to make you feel less and not worthy. You 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 stay in a very dark place where you feel like you're going to do it for your kids, right? Mm-hmm, so I'm going to stay mm-hmm, in this mm-hmm. relationship for my yeah. kids. And we tried it and it was really bad. And so it came down to actually, I can't do it. I cannot stay there for my kids. I'm going to get out for my kids because yes. this is abuse to them as well. So with all that, I lost everything. And I said, you know what? I even looked for shelter homes wow. to go live and stuff. And and all that, it's it's encouraging because it's starting from the bottom and start realizing you are worthy. Your kids depend on you. Your kids mm-hmm. look up to you. And so that's my fuel till this day, till this mm-hmm. day. And, and even seeing my grandkids and we talk about generational wealth, generational wealth for my grandkids, mm, that's awesome. for them to able to have a 401k, a retirement, a home, all sorts of other incomes that, you know what, our parents didn't teach us, school right. didn't teach us, yeah. you know? That generational wealth that Jen and I have spoken about on this podcast many times, it's yes, financially speaking, and it's so important to become a homeowner. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, look, we're going through a crazy time right now, right? Where we don't know what's going to happen to economy, the housing yeah. market, our economy, and all that. But when you look back from all the crashes from from the 80s to the 2000s to early 2000s and even potentially now, in the long run, homes 
have always gone up in the mm-hmm. long run, right? They might take right. their dips and so on and so forth, but that's how other families that have been here for generations have built generational wealth. Them buying these homes Time and is. the equity that they're building, they're using that money that's building inside of the house to be able to help their kids buy their first home, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be able to help their kids open their business and so on and so forth, you know? That is one type of generational wealth. But then there's also, spiritually speaking, mm-hmm. and also emotionally and mental mm-hmm. health. And, yes. and that's why it's so important that you're in a good place and you were able to stand up to that monster and be able to show your girls that that is not okay. And I love what you said, that it wasn't just abuse on you, but you realized it was abuse on your kids as well, mm-hmm. indirectly speaking, you know. And by the way, I want to take a quick moment to share with you the number, Familia. If you are listening, you are experiencing domestic violence. There is help for you in Espanol y en Inglés. And here's the number. It's 800 799 33-1-800-799-7233. You deserve better. You can do it. Maria is one of thousands, if not millions of examples yeah. of women that have left that situation and have become better and stronger because of it. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. The light at the end of the tunnel and believe in yourself because that's the most important thing. And always think about your kids and get out of that like cycle and go do it for your kids because you are worthy. And before we wrap up, because I know la gente is chismosa igual que nosotros. <laughs> so what's your status now? Did you find somebody worthy of you? Look, I'm going to tell you one thing. Not yet. I'm single. I'm single. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, why am I single? And this is one thing, like, I honestly feel like, like you said, I have to be stably, mentally right and heal from my past mm. in order for me to be able to bring the right person to my children, right? I'm always afraid of bringing the wrong person that I don't want to fall in that same mistake. And I feel like I'm married to my job and my priority is my business because this is my car that drives my family and feeds my family. But right now I'm single and I, it's because I decide to stay single because I feel like it's still a healing and process. Good for you. Yeah. You know, hearing my story, a lot of the times, you know, my father is my rock. My father is yeah. the one that set this sample. And, you know, I praise him. He always walks to this day. He takes the bus to come and visit me. He lives on the other end of Santa Ana and then takes the like two, three buses and he comes and sits here mm-hmm. in my office and he'll be mm-hmm. like the other day. He started putting Lucha Villa or some mm-hmm. Antonio Aguilar music. And yeah. he was just like, he was in his own. He was in his mood and he was rocking the music. And it's it puts me in my seat looking at him and feel like this is a reason why. Yeah. This is a reason. I want my father to be proud of me. And, and he comes in here prideful and he tells all his compadres, Oh, mija tiene un negocio allá <laughs> por la cuatro, you know, or, awesome. Oh, mija, te puede ayudar, dile que te, you know. So that means a lot. And recently I got recognized for member of the year for the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, where, yes. thank you, we had the ceremony in the Disneyland Hotel. So 600 people, you name it, I was awarded. I was able to bring my my father and my brothers and my children and my employees and we got a wow. table and that was the first time I've ever seen my father in a tuxedo. Oh. And for him to see me in a gown you know, it's kind of like I said, it was my quinceañera, my mm. wedding, and my 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 prom. <laughs> I, I didn't it. go to. <laughs> you see, it was awesome. all in one. All in one. But I I make my dad proud, and I and that's my number one. I want to make sure that he knows that it was worth bringing his family to this great country, and it was worth getting deported, and it was worth trying yeah. crossing that border no, more than once and not giving up. Mm. 
Love that. Maria, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for the community leader that you have become and inspiration to so many people. Because, yeah. Please drop your social media handle so that if anybody needs escrow or needs help in Southern California or just wants to reach out, I'm sure you're down to help out as well. Anybody that wants to get into this business, regardless of where they live, that you can guide them and help other Latinas and Latinos be able to tap into it. And you never know. Maybe un príncipe te sale por ahí Dice también. que no quiere, déjala. <laughs> <laughs> si sale el príncipe, it's okay. We can get to know each other. All Pero right. no, I, so my, my escrow company is located in Santa Ana. So I'm on 603 North Park Center Drive. Anybody that wants, you know, information about the escrow, if they want to open up, you know, an escrow or if they're a listing agent, selling agent, broker, loan officer, or if you are interested in getting to this real estate business and you really don't know where to go, where to start, you know, give me a call. Um, my Instagram is Orange County Escrow Services. My second Instagram is under Frida Sufre. Um, but either or you can reach out to me and we can connect and I can help in any way. Perfect. All right. So that's at Orange County Escrow Services, Maria Thank you so much. Yes, we loved hanging out with you. I want to keep no, chatting thank more. You for, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. You guys are amazing. You guys have two beautiful daughters. I always like love seeing them in the oh. videos you guys post. They're oh. so amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tengo mucho que aprender de ti. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Maria. Bendiciones. Te cuidas mucho. And we'll have to catch up soon in Santana. Yes. yes. Gracias. Thank Bye. you, guys. Have a good one. You too. Thank you, you too. Bye. That was amazing, love. What a wonderful woman. It's really, really amazing to see. Believing in yourself. That's what I got out of it. And never give up. Yes. Love y'all. If you want to follow us or connect with us on social media, it's super easy. Yes. Hashtag Losotelos or Losotelos.com. Que los bendiga. Remember to love, serve, and celebrate each other and especially yourself. Animal. Thanks for listening to Hanging With Losotelos Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.